After I found out I was dead, I just hung around the garden all day. I didn't know what to do with myself. I could tell my bird and animal friends didn't know what to do with me either. From time to time, one would pause in going about his or her business to ask me how I was feeling, but I knew they didn't really want me to elaborate. I would have thought it was obvious. I was completely devastated. I'd never felt so sad in my life. Or rather, my death. Inside the house, Tuesday carried on with her day too. By standing on the garden bench, I could see into the kitchen. William woke up and Tuesday brought him downstairs. He sat in his high chair and banged a spoon on the tray while she made his breakfast. I loved having breakfast with William since he dropped at least every other spoonful. I thought hungrily of the porridge and toast soldiers that would be going to waste on the floor. A few times I forgot what Caligula and Merle had said about humans not being able to see or hear me and I barked in an attempt to get Tuesday to open the back door. But though occasionally she gazed out into the garden, she always looked right through me. Her lovely brown eyes were sadder than I had ever seen them. Even when she was holding William and he reached out to boop her nose like he used to do mine, Tuesday's smile never quite took over her whole face. In the afternoon, I thought my luck might be turning when Tuesday brought William out into the garden. I bounced around her feet, barking with joy, but she didn't notice. Tuesday rolled out a rug on the grass and put William down to play on it while she hung up some washing. I stood right beside her as she put William's bedclothes on the line. I tried to pull on the end of one of the sheets, but I couldn't seem to grasp it, and Tuesday carried on as though I wasn't there. With the washing flapping in the summer breeze, Tuesday spent a couple of minutes standing by the mound in the flower bed that I now knew was my grave. She crouched down and tidied up my old toys, putting them back in a row. She smoothed the earth over my bones. Then she picked up the now empty peanut shells and all the feathers, including the magnificent black tail feather that Merle must have been missing quite badly and put them in the garden waste bin. She had no idea they were a tribute to me. Tuesday joined William on the blanket and I sat down on the grass nearby to watch them. Half-heartedly, Tuesday helped William fit wooden blocks into a puzzle. Then Tuesday lay down on her back and stared up at the sky until William started fussing to be taken back inside again. He was getting pretty good at walking, but he still preferred to be picked up. As Tuesday lifted William into her arms, he pointed towards the row of toys on my grave. Da, he said. I knew he was trying to say dog. You miss him too, Tuesday translated. They went inside, leaving me behind again. I wasn't fast enough to get through the door with them. Eventually, Tuesday put William to bed and went into the living room to watch television. As it grew darker, she drew the curtains so I could no longer see her. I was still shut outside and I'm ashamed to say I had a little howl about it. Napoleon and Pipsqueak came and sat beside me for a while but they didn't know how to make things better. 
they kept asking me if I wanted a peanut. I'd never really wanted a peanut, not since the first time I tried one and discovered how disappointing they were inside their brittle husks. I certainly didn't want one now. Soon it was time for the squirrels to go home for the evening. They couldn't sit beside me in the dark. Merle led the local birds in their goodnight song. The swifts, who came to stay on our street every summer, made one last evening fly past in formation as they headed to their nests. I knew that after sunset a whole new group of animals took over the garden and the squirrels and small birds did not particularly want to meet the night shift. The bats were okay, but there was an old dog fox who might eat a squirrel if he could catch one. I didn't know his name. None of the daytime regulars did. He came and went without talking to anyone, keeping his nose close to the floor as he slunk on by. Likewise, the owl, who was partial to a supper of small rodent, was a nameless stranger to the daytime crew. He couldn't have carried me off, but I nevertheless found him frightening, with his staring yellow eyes and wide white wings that made not the slightest sound as they flapped. He was more like a ghost than I was. Only Caligula the cat and his feline kin could roam the garden at all hours with impunity. The fox and the owl saw him as an equal. He was, like them, a hunter by design after all, even if I'd never seen him catch anything more than a loose feather when he thought no one was watching him play. I heard the owl hoot as he left his roost and instinctively crept closer to the back door, trying to find comfort in the feeble circle of light cast by the glass panels. But it wasn't long before Tuesday turned the kitchen lights off, leaving me completely in the dark. As I sat alone on the patio, sniffling with self-pity, I wondered how I would get through the night. I'd never spent the small hours outside on my own before. And, I'm sad to admit, I was scared.